Welcome back to the Blue Corner Weekly Rundown, episode number two. And finally, we've got our first point of the season. But before we get into any of that, once again, join with Ellis. How are you, mate? And how are you feeling after that point on Saturday? I'm all right, actually. We've uh, got a point on the board, which is important, isn't it? But probably should have won, shouldn't we? We'll talk about that now. But yeah, we went, didn't we, of course? We did, and it's uh, another stadium ticked off for us both, isn't it? Obviously, I went to Doncaster on Wednesday, and then to get two new stadiums ticked off in a week was was very good. Um, but yeah, it was a good little away day. Some good limbs right in front of us, especially when Dan Juma put that goal in at the back post. But yeah, as you say, we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, a, a hard-fought point. I think it was it was a tough game, but yeah, probably a little bit disappointed to come away with only one point and not all three. Yeah, I was initially I was a bit more disappointed than I am now. I've kind of looked back and gone you know what, they were as up for it as we were and they needed something as much as we did. And, you know, they had the new signings, they had players back and they were really up for it as well. So I'm not too down about it. And I'm actually quite pleased that we scored two goals as well. And that kind of just gets things going, doesn't it, on the road? You know, we've actually put the ball in the net twice, which is really pleasing. I think it's good for confidence as well. I know at Doncaster and and then now Sheffield United, that's two goals on the ball for Dan Juma. And I think, you know, after... especially after the Wolves game and the Fulham game at home. He did miss two quite big chances. I know they were offside, but I think even for a confidence thing to put them in the back of the net would have done in the world of good. But he's got two on the board now, two con- two consecutive games where he scored. And I think that'll do them the, the world of good for confidence. And just he, he will remember that he's actually a finisher and he can do those things in front of goal. So I think there's definitely a lot of positives to take from the game on Saturday. And I'm not worrying too much going into the international break that we've on one point because you know the last few games we, we could have had seven or eight so I think that there's plenty of positives to take and we, and we do have to to look at the positives and, and go into the international break with a clear mind and and hope that you know after the international break we get a, a clean bill of health and a good squad going into that Arsenal game. Yeah definitely we hope that after that we're ready because I feel like that's when the season kicks off for a lot of teams really it's kind of everyone's trying to get to up to speed in these first few games and you can see that in a lot of teams performances they're not really consistent yet teams are having up and down days like us really you think we've had the the really good performances at home where we didn't get what we needed but a terrible performance at Aston Villa which was a complete anomaly really compared to what we've seen but this game was all right I thought and um, two of the goals from them not ideal to be conceding really and you'd you'd hope you wouldn't let two in against Chef United but that Cameron Arch is a player isn't he and obviously created both of the goals yeah I was going to get to that it has to be a special mention to Cameron Arch because I think he was their man of the match certainly I think Ollie McBurney deserves a special mention as well because he really did put our defence under a lot of pressure and, and had a decent game so I think yeah there's, there's a, a little bit of a disappointment in terms of the defensive structure I think Jared Branthwaite had a good game. James Tarkowski had a good game, but it was just two flash moments in the game and one that bounced in off Pickford off his head, which was really unfortunate. I think on a different day, we do win that game 2-1. So, But then again, you look at the end of the game, Pickford did redeem himself with that fantastic double double save from Ollie McBurney. So yeah, there's there's definitely positives there, but, but there's definitely areas to improve, especially defensively. And, you know, if it wasn't for Cameron Archer, we'd be sitting here with three points. Yeah, exactly. And I think you're absolutely right when you say flashpoints because largely the shape's okay. And especially in the home games, I thought that where teams have scored with the first shot on target. So obviously the shape's been all right at home. And yes, we shouldn't really be getting caught for the second goal. I don't think they should have let him have that shot from so far out. But that was disappointing. But the general performance had a bit more structure about it, especially the second half. And I think 
the biggest credit that has got got to go for that whole team performance, I think, is Beto. I think he really has transformed the structure. And we've not had a chance to talk about him yet, have we? And I think he definitely deserves a few minutes on this podcast. I think he's going to be a fan favourite in the years to come, isn't he? Because he just lifts the fans, he lifts the whole team. And it, it, it did look like a one-man band at, at certain points yesterday. And I think if we didn't have him, we'd be a lot worse off, especially, you know, in the last two games. So... Yeah, we could talk all afternoon, couldn't we, of, of how good he was and, and how good of a performance he actually put in. But I'm not going to get too carried away. I think he's a good player. He's definitely got things to work on. There's definitely decisions which you could probably do a little bit better. But first impressions of him in his last two games, he's been fantastic. And I'm really, really looking forward to seeing him in the next few games in an Everton shirt. He just looks so hungry to play for us, doesn't he? He looks like he's absolutely desperate to be on the pitch, like as if we one of us were on the pitch and he runs, he runs, and he runs again. And he's just nonstop. He's he's strong, he's powerful. I remember the Doncaster game, the first thing he did when he came on was absolutely floor one of their players. And it's like a player that's so strong and tall, yet also seems to be quite fast when he gets going too. And he seems to be able to link play so far from what we've seen. Like you say, it's early days. We can't be hanging our heart on him yet and saying that he's going to be the man to deliver 20 goals or whatever. But it's just a good sign that we've recruited a striker who really seems to fit the way we want to play. And I think he's going to get goals because he seems confident at the moment and he seems massively up for it. Oh, yeah, 100%. You almost compare his, certainly his pace to to some of Ronald Lukaku's play when he first signed for Everton. You know, that, that really direct striker that runs in a straight line and just bounces through defenders. I think there's there's definitely a lot of characteristics there which which do point towards the signs that he could be our next Lukaku and the striker that we've been looking for for all these years since Lukaku did leave for Manchester United. So, yeah, there's there's, there's definitely a lot of positives to take and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. You did touch on Jared Bramfway, actually, and I think he deserves a mention. He's come in the start of this season. He's just looked so assured, hasn't he? He's, he's come in as a player from PSV on loan and he's had a year in Holland and I wouldn't have thought he would have come back quite as ready as he has. He's just seemed to have slotted in and for me now, he's without a doubt uh, part of the pairing for our first choice centre-halves and he just seems so calm for a young player and he just reminds me of John Stones, the way he gets hold of the ball and he just he deals with it in the right manner, whether that's playing a short pass or even clearing it when he has to. He's not all for playing nice football and passing out. He does the right thing at the right time, which isn't always what you get from a young defender. I've been so impressed with him. You've taken the words right out of my mouth there. You know, John Stones, you look at him in an Everton shirt and how composed he was for such a young age. And there's so many comparisons that you can make with Jared Branthwaite. And I think Jared Branthwaite could go on to be even better than John Stones. It's quite a bold claim, but I think he's definitely showing characteristics there that he, he can be a top, top centre-half. And, you know, he, he's definitely not slow. He's not scared to put in a tackle, but he's so composed for someone so young. And that definitely showed yesterday. And it was it was huge for our performance because it meant that we had a calm head next to Tarkowski which is something we can't really say we've had in the last few months, especially with Michael Keane being next to Tarkowski. So it's really refreshing to see someone so young step into the team and actually take that second centre-half position and make it his own. And I think he's only going to go from strength to strength this season. And it does look like Sean Dyche is going to start trusting him a little bit more. Yeah, I think he, I think he does trust him now. I'm, I was waiting to see when he'd put him in because we know he likes Michael Keane and Keane struggled lately. And I felt like it was time for him to go out because... You know, when you're making mistake after mistake, you just need some time out of the team at that point, or it just it snowballs, doesn't it? We know that can happen with players, but Bramfway, he's the profile's perfect. I know people like to bang on about the profile. I don't want to use all the buzzwords, but he's got the height, he's left footed, he's 
he kind of adds a balance to that defence, doesn't he? By being left-footed, he can open his body up and play it wide. And just having a left-footed centre-half seems really important. It's it's not something I've always thought of, but it is useful, isn't it? And you don't get many left-footed centre-halves. I think you were talking on buzzwords there. I think the key buzzword for me is balance. I think that's so important, especially in an Everton defence that has been leaking goals recently. You know, six conceded, non-scored in the first three games. So that, that was definitely an area that we were going to worry about. But... As you said there, balance. I think left-footed centre-half, it, it complements Tarkowski quite nicely. And I think as well, it's it's refreshing for an Everton fan to see that Sean Dyche is willing to change if someone's not having a good win in the team like Michael Keane has been in the last few weeks. You know, He's had a few difficult spells and, and been making mistake after mistake. And we also saw it a few years ago with Pickford. I think Pickford had a spell at the team just to, to get his head right and, and make sure that, you know, that he wasn't going to make more mistakes and look at look at the keeper he is now. So I think it's not all loss for Michael Keane. I, I think he definitely could have a spell at the team and and come back a stronger player because it's it's not out of the realms of possibility. I think that that definitely could happen. So, but yeah, as you said there, balance and it, it just does look good for the future. And I think that's that's all we need now. We just need to start building this season. As Dan Juma said in one of his Instagram posts, uh, posts it's it's all about a process and it's all about the bigger picture. And you know. In, in 30 games time, we could be looking at that point at Sheffield United and thinking it's a really good point. So it, it, it's all about progress. And I think definitely yesterday was progress, especially for Jared Branthwaite at, at centre-half. Yeah, despite the bad start, points total-wise, like you say, we've kick-started it now. doesn't matter whether it was one or three. Of course, we'd have rather it have been three. We've got a point on the board, so we have started our season now. And you don't have that kind of monkey on your back if you've still not got a point, you've still not mm. scored. And the pressure just builds then. So even though it wasn't the result we wanted, we've just got something which is massive. And now we go into an international break where we can really reflect on the games that we've had so far, which we've not got the points that we wanted, but there are some positives that I would look at and go, this team just will win games this year. I've seen enough performance-wise and just in the sense that I feel like we will be more than all right this year. One stat that's really jumped out at me that a few people have been posting around is the expected points stat that I've seen. And expected points is an, a very new thing to me. I've not really heard of that before. No, it's all but... getting a bit much, that. It's all yeah, getting a bit too much. <laughs> it definitely is. Expected but... goals is just about acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's interesting, though, because, of course, they've then balanced the expected goals and the expected goals against, and they turned out that we are second in the Premier League for how many points we should have acquired so far this season, which is quite astounding, really, considering, obviously, our squad and the other teams like Manchester City, Arsenal, Liverpool, of course. You know, you'd think we wouldn't be as high up as that, but the performances at home especially and some of the positives from the recent game suggest to me that we are going to be all right this season and we will win games at home and on the road. What's your takeaway from the first few games? Well, listening to you there about expected points, is it is it too late to start dusting off my passport for next season? You know? <laughs> Could we be going on a European tour? <laughs> but I don't know. I think I'm not going to get too carried away on, on those kind of statistics because, you know, if you look at our performances, the, the performances have been there, especially at home. We had two decent performances. But we just couldn't find the back of the net. And I think with Beto coming in, I think that's definitely going to start improving. Um, but if you look ahead to the bigger picture now, I think we've got a few really tough games coming up. You know, Arsenal, you look at the Merseyside derby in October. I think there's there's two games that you're going to be, I don't want to say lucky to get anything out of because, you know, you have to be positive and, and go into it with a clear mind because there's, you know, you saw today that Arsenal had a very good game with Manchester United, that they are there for the taking. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, 
I'm quite positive. You know, we've had some good performances. The points haven't just been there, but yeah, I do think we'll start building now and, and we will get there. Yeah, I think the break might have come at quite a good time for us because we are in a bit of an injury crisis at the moment, aren't we? You saw at the weekend we had to um, we had to put seven players out of nine on the bench, two of which were goalkeepers. It just shows the squad is really light at the moment and we are struggling for injuries. But it sounds like most of the players will be back by the end of the international break. And I've said this for a couple of weeks now, I feel like things will look a lot brighter after the break because... You look at the team then and you've got Dominic Carvalho-Lewin coming back. You've got Seamus Coleman. Dwight McNeil will be fully fit by then. Jack Harrison will be coming back to see for the first time what he's like as well. And I think by then we'll have a, a proper group and be able to use options off the bench because, you know, you never want to be starting a Premier League game with five outfield players on your bench, do you? No, it's, it's, that was worrying yesterday because... You know, you look at the transfer window, we probably didn't strengthen as much as we would have liked. We probably didn't get as many players as we would have liked, but that's gone now. We have to just deal with it. Um, But yeah, to see, you know, not even any youth players in the squad did did worry me a little bit because even under Frank Lampard and and Rafa uh, Rafa Benitez, there was youth players on the bench just to fill up the numbers. So it it does worry that there isn't enough youth talent coming through. But then again, it's players who Dice trusts and if... If it's who Dice trusts, you have to just respect his decision as the manager and, and and move on with it. But yeah, as you said there, it was a little bit worrying and the the break has come at a good time. You know, get everyone back, fit over the break, come back to the Arsenal game with a positive mindset, a fresh fresh squad, you know, a clean bill of health, as I said before, and and just, just try and get some more points on the board. That's all we can do. And that's all Sean Dice and, and the rest of the lads can do. And I think, you know, the, the results will come based on the performances that we've had in the last few games. Yeah, I think they will as well. I'm I'm hopeful that obviously you say it's it's tough games to come and Everton normally thrive in the tough games, don't we? We always tend to shock people with that. So hopefully Arsenal's where the first win comes. It'd be very surprising if it was, but you know, we'd take it, wouldn't we? We have had transfer deadline day since we last spoke and two players did go out the door. Three players actually. Neil Mope, Tom Cannon and Alex Awobi. Alex Awobi being the key one, really. What did you think of his departure? We seem to get quite a good fee for him really in the end. I mean, I was quite vocal, especially last season, towards the back end of the season when it came out that Awobi still hadn't signed his contract and and there was no sign of him looking like he would sign that contract. I was quite adamant that we should sell him this summer. And I thought, you know, if we were, were to get anything between 10 and 15 million just to recoup some of the funds that we did spend on him from, from Arsenal under Marco Silva, I would have been very happy. And I think the deal that we got for 22 million plus add-ons, I think is a is a very, very good deal for us. And you know, there's, there is an ongoing argument in the fan base, isn't there, as to what Alex Awobi does provide to the team. The, you'll have one side that will say that his statistics are very, very strong and, and he does look like a, a very key player for Everton. But you'll have players, you'll have people in the fan base that watch him and, and don't think he does offer as much as maybe he should do. I I don't know what side I fall on. I feel like the, the stats are, you can't lie with the stats. The stats are there to, to be seen and he, he does offer a lot to Everton. But for me, he was just in some games he'd go a little bit anonymous and he, he he wouldn't be able to get the most out of what he could do and because we know there was ability there and we know there was a skillful player in there we just didn't always see that ability so for me I think it's a very good deal for Everton I think it, it's it's a huge hats off to Kevin Farwell for getting that much money for him and yeah I'm 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 very happy with the deal yeah he seems like a lovely guy of course and <laughs> I do that's wish no slight him. on him that is no yeah. slight I do wish him well that's a, that has to be a disclaimer there yeah I wish him all the best as well but like you say 
it just seemed sometimes he flattered to deceive a bit. He didn't really get enough goals for what he was offering. He, he often looked really good for us, especially under Frank Lampard. And he did say about his, his stats looking good. Chance creation-wise, it was superb, wasn't it? But he often didn't turn those chances into goals or assists, did he really? And he didn't always deliver in the numbers side of things. So I think it had to be sold, didn't he? Just purely because he had a year left on his deal. And I think Everton had done the right thing here and got some great money for him. Sadly, we weren't able to replace him. But when things get so busy on that last day, you know, it was a difficult day. I am sure that they wanted a lot more and it didn't happen. But Alex Iwobi's gone now and we have to just wish him the best. And hopefully we can use that money in January to kind of get players in right at the start of January and hopefully replace him then. But another one to go is Tom Cannon, who for the whole of summer really has been linked with a loan move away. And he's actually now gone on a permanent deal. My initial thoughts on that are, I'm a bit disappointed that he's gone for good because I think he's definitely looked like he was going to be a young, a good young talent. But I think if we need the cash now, like it sounds like we do, then I feel like that's okay. And I just really, really hope they've kind of kept hold of him in some way in the sense that whether they've added a sell-on clause or a buyback, I just feel like there's got to be some sort of way that we kind of keep him at arm's length and make sure that we can reclaim that asset if we need because he does look like he's going to be a good player. Yeah, as you said there, there has to be sort of an incentive in that deal for us. And, you know, seven million is a big incentive. We we know that we haven't had the most money in the world to spend this summer and the cash flow hasn't been there. So to get seven million for a player that hasn't even made, you know, I can't remember a, a real notable appearance that he's made for Everton. It's the same as the Ashe Samuel Smith deal at the start of the summer. I think those kind of deals are what makes clubs have, you know, that that bank balance and that cash flow to fall back on. And, you know, you look at clubs like Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Chelsea, that they have so many ways of getting money from their academy. And I think Daesh touched on it recently in his in his um, interview that the, the business model of the club has changed. And, you know, if we were to to adopt a selling um, policy that meant that we were tapping into the academy and just selling on, you know, academy prospects that we're, we're bringing up through the ranks i don't see a problem with that especially you know with the, the financial troubles we faced this summer it, it is refreshing to see that we are making money on our academy otherwise what is the point of having the academy there i know it's you could argue to bring players into that first team and, and nurture them but i don't think we're as a club i don't think we're good enough to you know keep these players and, and give them the the playing time that they want or the, the standard of football if they're good enough so yeah, I was a little bit disappointed to see Tom Cannon leave. You know, he had a good loan spell at Preston and he's probably just not ready for first team football yet. He's probably just not ready to make that step. You know, we saw Lewis Dobbin in the in the last few games. There, there is question marks whether he is ready to make that step. I, I don't think he's fully all there yet. I think there's definitely a player there. We can't argue with that. But I think he's quite similar to Tom Cannon in the sense that it, it's probably... You know, just a little bit too soon. And if we can manage to get seven million for him, I, I don't see why we should be, be keeping him on the books. Yeah, I agree. I think having that model of selling academy players, as long as, you know, you kind of bring an academy player through and then in the long term, it's kind of, if they're not good enough, you sell them and you make money on them. So not every academy player that comes through has to come into the team because sometimes you should still be able to make money on a player even if they're not good enough for your 11. And that's the sign of a good academy. You see Liverpool do it. They make, they make 20 million on players where you think, like, how have they managed that? And that's a really good 
model to adopt really because i think then it kind of helps you with your transfer budget as well it's another Mm. source of income so if that's the plan for the future and we can get some more i don't mind it too much until we get to a level where the young players can be slotted in where it's not as much of a pressurized situation like the last two years of relegation battles has been hopefully that can be the model for now and we can eventually get to use those academy players but we're going into the international break now we've got two weeks without a game but then when we come back it's arsenal on sunday at 4 30 so goodison park pretty much under the lights maybe it might still be bright mm. by then it was those goodison. autumn nights they're, they're a little bit questionable <laughs> aren't they yeah we don't quite know yet whether that'll be under the lights i don't think it will be actually but it's that limbo in it is the do i go to the game in shorts or do i wear tracky bottoms it's just that it's just getting towards autumn getting towards october so just might just be able to hang on to shorts for that one yeah it could be a bit cold by then who knows it's it's a bit later on in september isn't it but arsenal's obviously going to be a tough game as we record this now they've just beat manchester united in the last few minutes they somehow just got two goals late on didn't they declan rice delivered Mm. and then gabriel jesus as well are you worried about the prospect of arsenal or do you have some hope that we can do something at goodison park I mean, you've always got to have hope. If you, you look at the game in February where we we beat them 1-0 with a Tarkowski header, I think you've always got to go into these kind of games with a positive mind. Um, but there's no denying it's going to be a really tough game. They, they've strengthened a lot this summer, haven't they, Arsenal? You know, you look at Deccan Rice, Timber. I know Timber's out for the rest of the season, but he's he's still there in, in and around that squad. Even Kai Havertz, he, he you know hasn't had the best of starts at Arsenal, but he can always turn. We know he's got quality there, so... I do look at them with a little bit of fear. It's going to be a tough game, but there's no reason why we can't go into it with a, a positive mindset and get a result. We have a fantastic record against Arsenal, don't we, at home? I think we've won the last few, actually. And, you know, it's a completely different game to any that we've seen so far. It's just a different prospect completely. And, you know, when Goodison's at his best, anything can happen. Guy, We've seen so many special nights over the years, so maybe there's another one to come and maybe wait in two weeks. We'll get our just rewards for waiting without football and being bored for two weeks. I mean, let's hope so, but <laughs> I'd take a draw. I'd, I'd definitely take a draw and, you know, just to get another point on the board. And, and you know, that's one less big six team to, to play at Goodison. I think that's that's one less big six team to worry about for the rest of the season. Yeah, let's get that win, though. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but that completes our weekly rundown ahead of the international break. So please do check out our Twitter during the week because Ollie's going to be doing a great thread on how the boys have been doing while they're away. Obviously, we've got some players going, some players staying. But hopefully they can get some good minutes away, come back with a clean bill of health, like you said, and anyone who's back at Finch Farmer training and ready for the Arsenal game. So hopefully we can go and get a win there. That'd be just amazing to really kickstart our season. But that's all from us this week. See you later. (laughs) 